This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. Well, match day one of the UEFA Europa League kicks off this week. A secondary competition for football fans, perhaps. But for betters, maybe the reverse is true. With lesser-known clubs across the continent looking to punch up, it can make it challenging for the odds compilers, for the traders as well, I guess, for the betters. But do your research and no doubt, as always, there are some value plays to be had. This is Betting Weekly Extra Time, Europa League edition. You're with Dan Roebuck and alongside me, three of the shrewdest handicappers around to talk you through the Thursday slate in Europe. On the show this week, Steve Wiss, RJ and Will White. Steve, as a follower of some of the uh, the lesser lights in Europe, the uh, the less heralded leagues across the continent, is this a, a competition close to your heart? Can you can you pick the winners a little easier? I, I do like this competition, yes. Um, I always feel that teams are playing under a little bit less pressure. I think it can be quite a more free and open feel to a lot of the games. And as a, more of an over-better like myself, that is something which plays into my hands a bit. Um, yeah, I do like the competition. And I actually think it might become even better from next season onwards when, of course, you wave a move to a different format of uh, they're getting rid of group stages completely and there's going to be 36 teams in a whole league system. Now, I don't like that for Champions League, but I do think for Europa League and Conference League, it will make things quite exciting. So, uh, yeah, I, I do love this competition. Yeah, last year of the sort of regulation group stages that we've come to love, uh, both in uh, this competition and the Champions League, as Steve was pointing out. RJ, uh, likewise, when it comes to some of the uh, the more unusual leagues, any sort of glance across your Twitter feed and, and you can put up some, uh, some interesting selections on some interesting leagues and some teams that many people will not have heard of. But a winner is a winner. If you can find the value somewhere, then that's what we should be aiming for. Is it a competition you like? Yeah, I'll, I'll echo Steve's uh, sentiments there. I, I, I agree that I think this is a little bit more of a, you know, opener, open type tournament. I think there's a little less pressure on these teams. Obviously, the winner of this tournament uh, gets an automatic uh, advancement into the Champions League spot. But yeah, I think uh, as a person who, who or as a tipster who, who typically targets all sorts of obscure and, and various leagues, especially totals, this league's more close to the... Uh, Close to the wheelhouse for me, I think you'll see a little bit more total angles, a little more opportunity, and the liquidity is good. I know we talked about that in the Champions League a little bit, and the thing with the obscure leagues that I typically follow, the liquidity is not that great. So uh, that's the the downside there. But yeah, looking looking forward to, to getting back in the wheelhouse with some totals here in this tournament, especially the uh, first leg. It's um it's always a hard week, I think, for anyone who gets involved in these, whether you're working in it, whether you're betting in it and you're taking it seriously. And Will, by the time Thursday comes around, <laughs> are, are we a little sort of uh, punted out a little bit? I mean, in terms of the handle, obviously the Europa League is not going to be like the Champions League. Or is it? I mean, what sort of interest do you take? What, what sort of interest do you, do you gauge that the market is like for the Europa League? 
I think the liquidity question is is all relative, really. Like RJ said that for him, liquidity is quite attractive because he mainly focuses betting on smaller, less liquid leagues. For me, it's the opposite, really. I prefer concentrating on the bigger leagues and Champions League. And so for me, Europa League is less liquid and, and, and therefore uh, presents different challenges. Um, one of the things we will see for sure across the Europa League and the Conference League is uh, we'll see some some strong moves because of the low liquidity and because of the relative lack of information and kind of uh, knowledge and awareness of the teams often you'll see a move and then you'll see people get you know kind of wanting to follow in on the move and, and we'll see some big market moves it, it will be quite frequent we'll see quarter of a goal um handicap moves and and likewise on the, on the total so so yeah lots of opportunity but i would argue from my perspective limited liquidity and I guess, well, as well, when it comes to these games, the, the bigger teams in it, there's going to be more rotation. If you're one of the lesser likes, you're not going to be rotating your team too much, or you might be. But certainly for, for a Liverpool, for example, for example, we're going to talk about them shortly. They're bound to rotate here. So, so team news is key, isn't it? Yeah, team news is key. Um, I think most people have an awareness of the big teams like the Liverpools um, and, and, and will kind of expect them to rotate, if not the whole starting 11, at least seven or eight of their players. But some of the smaller teams, they take this competition very, very seriously and they'll play their full strength 11. And, and getting an insight and kind of inside the manager's head is key in competitions like this. Yeah, I, I always struggle, Steve. It's, it's what What is the level here? You know, how far do you go down before that particular team does play at a first choice 11 that they played at the weekend because you see it in England with the with the league cup you know even third and fourth tier teams can make a lot of rotation i mean what is the level here french clubs will probably rotate when we get down to to teams in austria do, do they rotate what what's your experience of that i you've got to look at the manager i mean for example in the conference league is Unai Emery going to be rotating his team for Villa? Because well, he has a history. It doesn't appear to be, does he? Well, you see what I mean? In the qualification, they went full strength against Hibs and smashed them. So you've got, I think the big thing is on the manager. I mean, obviously teams like Liverpool, they are going to be rotating quite a lot, but it's not a guarantee. There's sometimes the philosophy of the club is let's win the group and then we can rest and rotate the last couple of games. So um, it's really, this is when it can get tricky because you've sometimes got, it's a bit like domestic cups. You've you've got to do a lot more research in these competitions, um, which can be can be fairly time consuming. That's why some people out there do not like betting on Europa League or Conference League. Uh, we're going to start with Lask against Liverpool here. Um, we're going to do the early kickoffs first. This is a twelve forty-five Eastern. Um, Lask a, a massive price here, plus seven hundred. Liverpool were plus three one five. Last uh, sorry, minus three one five. Last the look, the draw plus four fifty. Um, RJ, you've got to pick in this one. Talk us through your selection. Yeah, looking at Last versus Liverpool over three at minus one thirty. Uh, last the Austrian Austrian. Uh, Bundesliga side currently currently sitting in third place domestically. Uh, Liverpool is also sitting in third place domestically, scoring three goals in three out of their last four matches. You know they've traveled well recently, and again this, this, with this tournament, just like Champions League, I, I try not to overthink things. I try not to to dive too deep. I just let the statistics kind of drive me towards a selection uh, with a little bit of gut, a little bit of instinct involved. But to to me, looking at this play, over three at minus one thirty. I don't love the price, to be fair. I would prefer it to be much lower. Uh, I mean, much higher, but it is what it is. And I think out of all the plays this this upcoming week, 
you know, average 74% both teams to score or over 2.5 goals between both these sides in their respective home and away spots over the last 25 matches. Uh, Lask have been strong at home. They've put up 40 goals, uh, 39 goals in their last 29 home matches. They kept a clean sheet around 28% of that time. They've allowed 1.2 goals uh, against Liverpool on the road, though. They've been a little bit different. They've only kept a clean sheet in 15% of their last 25 away matches, allowing just under two goals per match, uh, scoring 30 as well. So over three, minus 130. Again, try not to overthink it. I think both sides will put, put a goal up here. And um, I think we have a push, a good push potential at the, at the very least. We usually put the leans at the end of the show, but because we're talking about Lasker Liverpool, uh, Will, you, you've got a lean, you've got a thought on this one. Yeah, it's it's only a lean because I think the price will get better. Uh, and I think if this moves to a plus 1.75 goal handicap, then I'd be looking to back uh, Lask on on that Asian line. Hmm. I think just it's, it's mainly because I think Liverpool are going to completely rotate here. Um, and there's quite a big drop off in the Liverpool squad from their first choice 11 to, to their second choice, particularly in midfield. Um, I think Lask, as uh, RJ alluded to, are, are underrated. Uh, I think they're likely to score here. I, for that reason, I also quite like the overs, which normally you wouldn't like the overs and then, and then the underdog on the handicap. But on this occasion, I can see, you know, a one uh, a 1-2, a 1-3 type scoreline, or even a 2-3. I definitely think Lask have got a very good chance of getting on the board, but against a, a, a much weakened Liverpool lineup. Yeah, just a bit of a lean there on uh, the handicap with Lask. Steve, should should Liverpool target this competition, take it seriously from the get-go? They're plus 300 favourites on the outright market. I know we've got the vagaries of which teams drop down in, from the Champions League. does seem short, but it also seems a competition that they could easily win if they wanted to. No, I don't think they should target this competition. If I was the owner, I would tell them to tank. I think they'd be better off getting knocked out as soon as possible and they can focus on the Premier League. And at bare minimum, they want to get back in the Champions League, don't they? So um, the problem is in the latter stages of this competition, you can end up, you know, you're playing home and away, potentially in some awkward places. Um, plus 300, I wouldn't be interested at all in them because I don't think they'll be that focused in this competition at all. I think it means a lot more to other teams. If you want to be back in an English team, then Brighton could be probably better value. They're going to be really serious here. Will's had a good outright play on Bayer Leverkusen. And um, you know, there's a case for you know a team that drops down from the Champions League. Perhaps the third place side in that group of death, say a Newcastle finish there, they'd be bang up for winning a trophy, wouldn't they? Liverpool won the Champions League not that many years ago. The UEFA... The UEFA um, league is not going to Europa League is not going to be uh, a priority. Uh, speaking of Brighton, sort of uh, Tony Bloom, of course, has got uh, not as big a share as he did have in Union Saint Gilles USG, who take on Toulouse again twelve forty five Eastern. Um, Belgian side a plus one ten Toulouse plus two forty draw plus two fifty. Uh, Will you've got to play in this? Well, I, I, when I look when I found out a few years ago that Tony Bloom had put a lot of money into the club. It's quite a historic and storied club, but they were in the doldrums. They've risen straight back up. I just wonder now if he's not pulled the rug completely, but just reduced his stake. I wonder how far that they potentially could go because at one stage you think they, they could end up being a bit of a powerhouse and win Belgium division every single year, even though they didn't win it last year. I don't know what your thoughts on, on the sort of ownership situation is. If you don't mind, Dan, I'd, I'd just like to shout up my Leverkusen pick again in the outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I've just gone and checked the Bet Rivers website, and I can't believe that they're still plus two thousand. I know. Uh, I mean, after the result on the weekend, and and the, it's pretty obvious that they're they're a far better team this season than they were last season. I've got them rated second best team in Bundesliga now, and there's no way they should be plus two thousand. But uh, moving moving on to USG. <laughs> um, I see what you're saying, Dan, but I think at the very least the groundwork is being laid right with uh, with Sanjilwa. Um, the this really is a match after my own heart. Really, two teams that the battle of, of teams that employ a data-driven approach to their transfer policy with with a lot of success, particularly at, at Sanjilwa. Um, they they were in the Europa League last season and they came through a very tricky group with Steve's favourite team, Union Berlin, Braga, and Malmo. Um, and in the off-season, they did lose one very, very big piece in Victor Boniface, who went to um, who went to Leverkusen, spearheading the attack there. And then Teddy Tuma as well. I'd, I'd argue he was instrumental in their recent success. But but they have made some some shrewd signings in the off-season. Uh, Kevin McAllister's come in from uh, Argentina, who's the brother of Alexis at Liverpool. Uh, Koki Machida is a very, very underrated defender. Matias Rasmussen. Lots of these players from more exotic leagues, and um, you know that's that's the value in the data-driven approach, right? Is identifying talent in leagues where perhaps the big clubs don't focus their scouting uh, capabilities. On the other hand, Toulouse also lost a lot of pieces in the off-season. They're another uh, club that's uh, transfer policy is dictated and driven by data. I'm not so sure they've requ- uh, replaced adequately those pieces uh, in the same way that uh, Sanjuwa have. They lost their whole midfield, actually. Uh, Spearing, who since come back from a lens. I'm not sure exactly what went on there. Maybe Steve will be able to shed some light on that. Van he was only Hoen. there for a few weeks, wasn't he? It was bizarre. Yeah, it was bizarre. What, what happened there, Steve? Steve? I'll tell you the story there. What happened was he wasn't uh, included in Lonzi's Champions League squad. Uh, which yeah. is a very strange thing, obviously, you know, new players. Was that like by, by error? Or just no, not... I, something's looked, I think something's gone on behind the scenes. You, you just don't know unless you're close to the club. But it sounds like, um, you know, it's just one of those where quickly decided it's just not going to work. So they, they, I think they're going to use the, the Joker transfer to bring it back. So, um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's bizarre. It is bizarre. But Maybe he uh, went yeah. into to Lens and tried to introduce Bloom's uh, data-driven approach to their uh, to their methodology there, and it didn't go down so well with the with the coaches. <laughs> Who knows? But uh, he's ended up back at uh, he's ended up back at Toulouse. Uh, he didn't start over the weekend. Um, I'm not sure whether he'll start here, but at least they've got one of their three key midfield pieces back. Um, subsequent to the off season, but we have seen a massive reduction in the attacking output at Toulouse so far in in league on they haven't started the season well they've got one win from five they've been generating an average of 0.91 attacking xg per game which is very very low for a traditionally uh attacking the uh, attacking team uh, on the other hand usg they've only won three from six domestically so far this season but the underlying data is very strong overall i think um I think a Union Sanjilwa should be odds on here and should be uh, below the plus uh, 115 that they're currently trading at. So I'm more than happy to to bet them here to beat Toulouse at home. Okay, um, that's a pick for Union Sanjilwa's. Uh, we are going to go to Ren 
Maccabi Haifa next up. Uh, this again is the twelve forty-five kickoff. This is my commentary game for the world feeds. Um, Steve, you've got a pick in uh, this one. I mean, Ren have, have been drawing games for fun at the moment. What's your thoughts here? Well, I think you're going to enjoy commentating on this game, Dan, because there should be quite a few goals in it. Um, Ren in Europe are usually one of my real go-to teams for backing goals. And I'm absolutely going to snap up over 2.75 line at minus 121. I really expected this line to be three. I mean, Maccabi Haifa are the visitors here, and they tend to be they tend to swing quite a lot in in Europe. Really, they are the good go. That's their general philosophy. Anyone who watched them in the group stages last year, of the Champions League, will realise that they'll score some goals, but they will concede some as well. And um, yeah, that was the, ultimately that was their undoing in the Champions League qualifying. They got beat three 0 by Young Boys. Wren for me are a better team than Young Boys, or as good. And um, yeah, I'd actually like to see them really be serious in this competition. Wren, I think they could have a deep run with a bit of luck with the draw, um, especially when they get a couple of key players back in in January. But uh, I'm expecting them to win the game. But the problem I've got with Wren this season is that they just have moments of madness, like in, inexplicable defensive errors. You know, it just they come out of nowhere. It's like they lose focus, Dan. So I actually think Maccabi can score a goal in this game. And so when that happens, I'm immediately looking at the overs. You know, Wren, it wouldn't even shock me if this was another tie, like a two-all, really. But they dominate the game and you look back and you think, how did they not win that? But... Yeah, logically they should have too much for Maccabi Hyper. They've got a you know already Renner, one of the best XG teams in League out this season. They haven't converted that into enough victories, like I say, kind of finding ways to shoot themselves in the foot. Will that happen again? I'm not sure, but I certainly fancy Ren to get at least a couple of goals here. So um yeah, the the, the goal line just stands out. They're very in a very offensive team at home. I've looked back at some stats in Europe, I think eight of the last twelve at home have contained at least three goals and 10 of the last 12 both teams scoring as well. So you could look at BTTS if you like, if you want to play it even safer. But um, yeah, over 2.75 at minus 121, Dan. This is going to be a good game of football. Uh, and likewise, uh, Bayer Leverkusen Hacken is, is one that you're looking at for goals as well. I mean, uh, Bayer Leverkusen minus 500, short price favourites here. Uh, Hacken, who were the Swedish champions last year, I think, weren't they, Steve? But um, yeah, they they've, they, they've stumbled into this competition having been were they knocked out by the by the Icelandic the Faroese side, the Faroese yeah, side yeah. Um, but look we've, we've mentioned Leverkusen it's it's um it's Will's outright pick as, as well talk us through your play here well, I actually can't believe Leverkusen are minus 230 to win this group I think that does sound short but I think it's an absolute banker I can't see the other three sides getting anywhere near them, really. Um, Leverkusen could cover this. I'm taking the goals over 3.5 goals here at minus 121. Leverkusen could cover this goal line all on their own. They've got fantastic offence. But defensively, um, you know, with Leverkusen, they might give a chance away. And I'll tell you, I, I know a lot about this Hecken team. Uh, they're from Gothenburg. The most most famous side in, in Gothenburg is, of course, EF Core Jotteborg. But at the moment, they are the big sort of team in in, in that city. And um, they play one way, though, Dan, in domestically or in Europe. Very open, very attack-minded. The, the two qualifying games against Aberdeen were fantastic. Two really good watches, you know, um, just proper entertaining. Goals at both ends. And they'll, they'll have a go here. They may well net a goal, um, but they, they're going to concede quite a lot as well. Leverkusen, I think, are head and shoulders above them. They're head and shoulders above Head and shoulders of everyone in this group. 
Boniface, will he start here? This is they could rotate to be fair, Leverkusen, but um, I think Boniface will be very, very hungry for goals. He should have scored a hat trick against Bayern. Um, they probably would have won that game if he had been clinical. But so I think he'll be really keen to bounce back here if he gets in the 11. And um, it's just a match that reeks of goals. I don't normally like taking over 3.5 that often, but I would even take over 3.75 here. I think it could be. A crazy game. I'm going to predict something like 4-1 to Leverkusen. I actually think Hecken will get on the score sheet. But I wouldn't bank on it because there is quite a golfing class. Um, Swedish football is actually not in a great place right now, unfortunately. None of the other teams have qualified for any of the groups. And um, Leverkusen should control the match very easily and, and dominate, scoring a lot of goals. Uh, Boniface is plus 190 first goal scorer, minus 245. Just to score, plus hmm. 180 not to score. I'd be tempted to play the plus 180 not to score thing at those prices. Anyway, uh, let's move on to Group C, um, which uh, 8 o'clock local in the UK, 9 across the continent and 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we've got both games covered for you here. RJ's first up with Sparta Prague against uh, Aris Sparta, a minus 190 here. We, we've previewed a few games before. Uh, RJ, haven't when it comes to Sparta, we were dreadfully unlucky with one of the games that had all of the goals in extra time, I seem to recall, in the qualifiers. But we're going in again here. Talk us through this one. That's it. We're not shying away, Dan. We uh, we remember the bad beats. We we don't forget them, but you, you have to move aside from those. And, yeah, we're looking at, or I'm looking at, over 2.75 goals at minus 115 in this match. So hitting the Asian handicap in line. Uh, first place, uh, Sparta Prague. Uh, first place in the uh, Czech uh, Fortuna Liga. They scored 24 goals in their first eight matches domestically. They're they're the top class in in that league. Uh, Aries uh, are <laughs> Aries beat Slovan Bratislava uh, eight goals from the Slovakian um, Slovakian league. They scored eight goals in, in both legs. Uh, they're sitting in first place domestically. Scored 10 goals in their first four matches in Cyprus. You know, not a very uh, competitive league typically. Uh, however, looking at this at this match, over two point seven five goals uh, had me had me licking my chops, so to speak, because Cyprus's form at home they scored at least three goals in their last five home matches, right? And that's been against they even put up three against Copenhagen on the previous round in the Europa League. So I, I'm looking at them to sort of take take the throne, take the lead in this match. I, I expect them to get two plus goals on their own. And a side like Ari is just on the road. They're going to have to get something out of this match, right? They know that even if they go back home, um, the Sparta Prague team is, is not as dangerous at home uh, and not as dangerous on the road as they are at home. And I think this Sparta team knows that they're, they almost want to end the business here in the first leg and, and get this taken or the first, first round, so to speak. So get this taken care of and uh, over 2.75, at minus one fifteen was arguably the strongest total that I saw from this uh, this first round. Over two point seven five goals minus one one five Sparta uh, Prague to uh, get the better of Aris Limassol. Uh, also in Group C, uh, Will's uh, final pick here: Rangers Real Betis. This could be a a crack. I'd be interested to see how the market goes here. I've got uh, Rangers plus one seventy Real Madrid. Uh, Real Madrid Real Betis plus one forty five. Might change a little closer to time. Uh, I don't know. Draw plus two fifty five. Will Rangers coefficient is is still high after that uh, Europa League final loss a few seasons ago. I mean, I was looking at the numbers earlier today. They're ahead 
ranked in Europe by UEFA ahead of uh, Milan, Lyon, Lazio, uh, Real Sociedad. It doesn't quite sit right with me. I mean, where do you rank Rangers? I mean, because of what they've done in Europe, do, do we take that and sort of compartmentalise it rather than look at some of the poor performances in, in the Scottish Premiership this season? Well, fortunately, uh, or unfortunately for us as betters, um, the markets don't tend to follow the UEFA coefficients and, uh, and, and rankings anymore. If they ever did, um, it would be nice to get uh, Real Betis on a plus three quarter of a goal handicap or something if they did follow the coefficients and the ratings. I, I just We've got another classic narrative, another Steve classic narrative here, haven't we? Ibrox is a, is a really tough place to go. Uh, and I'm going to buy into it this time around. Uh, I genuinely do think Ibrox is a, is a very tough European away night for uh, for travelling teams. Um, in the 2021-22 Europa League um, group stages and beyond, Rangers beat RB Leipzig, Braga, Sparta Prague, Bromby and Alash Kurtz at home, only losing to, uh, to Lyon. They do have a strong record at home, not just domestically, but also in Europe. And so I think it's uh, it's not just a, a, a myth here, the uh, the tough place to go narrative. In the off-season, they've uh, added some very potent offensive weapons. They, they've really made some good signings. They signed uh, Danilo from Feyenoord, uh, Dessas from Criminese in Italy, uh, Lammers from Sampdoria, and Sima from Angers, or Angers, sorry. So they do have the weapons here. Um, subsequently, they've uh, achieved a ratings increase domestically and in Europe. They're now pretty much neck and neck with Celtic for highest rated team in the Scottish Premiership, whereas last season they were at least half a goal worse for the majority of the season. One thing here that I really like is, is that Betis have got big problems in the goalkeeper position. Rui Silva's out for a month. He got uh, injured at the weekend against Barcelona. Claudio Bravo, his uh, understudy, well, they really shared kind of number one duties, is is also a major doubt here. Fran Vete's third choice may be making his official starting lineup debut here. He did come on at half time in the 5 0 loss to Barcelona, a bit of a baptism of fire. I don't really fancy him in a cauldron of Ibrox away to a Rangers team that will be champing at the bit. It's probably 50-50 whether Bravo or Vetez starts here. On the other hand, uh, Manuel Pellegrini is a hugely experienced manager and he does have some talented players at his disposal, um, particularly Isco, who's a very, had a very good start to the season, and uh, Guido Rodriguez. However, there's no Fekir. He's been injured since midway through last season. I think Rangers could overwhelm Betis here and get off to a really fast start with the support of a raucous Ibrox crowd. I wish Guido had started over the weekend um, after being away with Argentina in international break. Uh, Betis have a tendency of rotating him. He doesn't seem to like playing two or three times a week. However, he didn't start against Barcelona, so we might see him in the starting lineup here. There is, however, the X factor of how much Pellegrini is going to rotate this Betis side. I don't think Rangers will rotate too much and they'll probably prioritise Europa League more than Betis will. All things considered, I think Rangers should be favourites on the draw-no-bet handicap here. They are minus 103, which makes them underdogs given the margin, and I'm happy to take them at that price.
It's strange, isn't it? I think uh, you're right with Rangers. I mean, the, the manager needs some sort of upswing. They're just off the pace in Scotland, so they could easily prioritise it. And as you mentioned, uh, certainly when it came to their Europa League run the other season, they were very, very good at home. Right, we've got leans. Um, we have got two from Steve, one from RJ, and we've got a, a rogue conference pick on the Europa League show from Will, uh, which was an official pick at one stage, but now isn't. And it's been downgraded. Unless, unless, it, <laughs> unless it wins, then we're adding it to the team. It's not much anymore, but we <laughs> uh, Steve, you've got a couple of leans for us here. This is uh, typical Steve Wiss territory here because we're going Mulder, first of all, uh, in their Group H clash uh, away at Karabakh. Yeah, I'm keeping my eye on this group, Group H. I know a lot about the teams in, in here. And Karabakh, they... This place is genuinely the definition of a tough place to go. <laughs> tough place to go. How many tough places to go? Have we this had is a show? tough place to go. Right out, right out there in um, in Azerbaijan, uh, one one home loss in sixteen. However, I'm actually going against the grain here. I reckon I reckon Karabag will be quite a popular pick um, come Thursday because everyone just presumes they do well at home. But I think Mulder on the plus uh, 0.25 Asian could be worth a go here at minus 120. reason it's not an official play is I think the odds are quite fair, actually. But um, I really like what I'm seeing from Mulder at the moment in Norway. Some would even say perhaps that they're even playing the best football of any team in that country right now, even better than Buda Glimt. Um, it's just they had a very poor start domestically, which is why they're probably not going to win the league this year. But they, um, they're in a great run of form. We saw them in qualifying for the Champions League. I think they impressed everyone against Galatasaray. Perhaps were unlucky not to qualify for the Champions League group stage. Now, if they play like that again, I think there's every reason they can get out of this group. In fact, I actually think they'll finish second in it. And it's really important they don't lose this game in Karabag. Karabag, I watched them in that against Rakoff in the qualifying and they just didn't quite seem as good as they used to be. I'm, I think there's, I mean, last year, I think there was a better, much better version of Karabag. So this is a bit against the grain. And I'm willing to bet against uh, this excellent home record they do have in, in Europe. But um, it could, I've got a good feeling it could be a draw exactly, to be honest, Dan. Um, they stay unbeaten, but Mulder, Mulder gets something. Yeah, Mulder on the Asian handicap there at minus 120 with a quarter ball start. Yeah, that last 10 minutes against Galatasaray in Istanbul was utterly wild, wasn't it? Uh, Servet, Slavia Prague for you as well, Steve. We, we talked Servet quite a bit because they uh, played Rangers, of course, um, earlier on in, in the qualifiers here. Uh, they did seem to be an overside and anyone who's watched Slavia Prague, even though they didn't win the title last year, they've generally been the the best team out of the Czech Republic, I think, uh, Republic, I think over the last few years. Steve, mm. um, talk us through this one. Well, the lean certainly is over yeah. 2.5 goals, minus 106. And I did say when we talked about Servet in the uh, qualifiers for the Champions League that, that I'm earmarked them for both teams to score and overs team throughout this whole competition, whatever group they end up in. The problem is, and I'll, I'll admit this, I don't really know enough about Slavia Prague. I, I, I do follow a lot of obscure leagues, different leagues, but the Czech league is not. You, one you draw the line. You draw the line with the Czech Republic top. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I never never bet in that league. It's just so I don't know enough about the teams. So, yeah, not first round of the competition. I think I'll play it safe and not have it to be an official play. But if Servet, and by the way, Servet have too many one or draws for my liking as well, but. Um, I think if they play like they did in, you know, against Rangers, against Genk, 
their matches should be pretty wide open unless their philosophies suddenly change. But with Slavia Prague, for me, being a bit of an unknown factor, I'll just have it as a lean only. Uh, one lean from RJ. Um, we go to uh, Moldova for Sheriff against uh, Roma here, RJ. This is Group G, and it's an earlier kickoff on the Thursday, 12.45 Eastern. What's the play? Or what's the lean? Yeah, the the lean I'm looking at is over 2.5 goals at minus 122. Uh, you know, the Sheriff side, the Moldovan side at home have been very strong. They've scored at least five goals in their last two home matches. Uh, they have a slew of talent from uh, Nigeria, Morocco. They have a young, um, they have a young midfielder from Morocco. Played in the France uh, second division for quite some time. He's, I think, he's 27 years old. He's been pretty strong for that team. Uh, and then you got Roma, right? Who are coming off a seven-nil win uh, against Empoli. They clearly uh, <laughs> had a pep talk with themselves and and or the uh, entire coaching staff because they came out firing against a arguably the worst side in Serie A, to be fair. But, you know, it's good to see them have this performance. That's one of the reasons why, uh, looking at this, when I was picking out some plays yesterday, is like, do I do I take a look at this uh, this total? I, I think it's got definitely has legs. It's got potential. I just question what kind of performance we'll get from this home side. They are very stingy. Uh, they typically do keep a lot of clean sheets, even against some, some other highly respected sides. I, I think Roma will, will certainly... Take take some points here, but it's more of a strong lean, if anything, compared to the other plays that I selected. Okay, that's a lean for the Sheriff Roma, over two and a half goals. And finally, uh, ordering off the menu, getting the chef busy with a conference league pick here. Uh, Will goes with Group C uh, for the third-tier competition. Um, what's the uh, what's the lead? What's the conference game that we should have our eye on, Will? And uh, what bet potentially could uh, could viewers and listeners have in it? Well, I can't say I know too much about FC Astana, but uh, Dino Zagreb and FC Astana played each other over two legs all the way back in July in the Champions League qualification round. First or second qualification? I think it was the first qualification round. And first leg was in Zagreb, um, arguably when Zagreb had more attacking potency. Ivan Usic and others have since moved on. The line that day was set at over under two and a half goals, with under being a slight favourite, minus 115. Most people would look at the scoreline and think that it was an open game where Dynamo Zagreb really took the ball by the horns and uh, and destroyed their opponents. They did win 4-0. However, if you look at the underlying stats, only a total of 1.68 total XG was generated. So I think they overachieved in terms of their capitalizing on the chances they created. I think the market's just overreacted. It's looked at that first game and thought it's going to be a similar story in terms of scoreline without really looking and focusing on the underlying stats. The line's quarter of a goal higher here at 2.75. So I'm not sure if it's a pick or whether it's a lean. It's probably somewhere in between because I just don't really know that much about FC Astana. But looking at it purely from that perspective, think there's a lot of value in the under 2.75 goals at minus 108. A shade under even money for under 2.75 goals when it comes to the Dinamo Zagreb game against FC Astana, their third meeting of the season. Best bets, we've only had a couple of picks each, but uh, if you had to have one bet, Steve, across the uh, Europa League card on Thursday, what would it be? Yeah, Bayer Leverkusen against Hecken over 3.5 goals. Uh, RJ? 
I'd have to go uh, uh, Prague versus uh, Arias Limassol over 2.75 at minus 115. And Will? For me, it's Tony Bloom's boys, Union St. Gilles, plus 115 to get the job done at home to Toulouse. Love it. That wraps up a betting weekly extra time Europa League edition. Many thanks to Steve, Will and RJ. Once again, plenty of in-play action, of course, across all of the European leagues, including the Europa League on Thursday night from all of us. For now, though, it's goodbye.